If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hi, everybody. This is Jerry the King Lawler. That's right, WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And you're listening to Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. I don't know why you're listening, but you are. When they're not covering the sports world, they're talking about the world of professional wrestling. It's Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. Now with Justin Simmons, here's Stu Myron. Sports Guys Talking Wrestling on the Horn 1049 AM 1260. Stu Myrick, Justin the Smash Simmons, trying to get over some food poisoning. I'm like five pounds lighter. Hey. I mean, I was already cruiserweight as it is, but definitely not going to be so hitting that 205 mark anytime I, soon I, now. I might, I might need to get a little food poisoning. <laughs> I could use a little bit. Trust me, man. You don't want to have to go through I've, what I went through. I've been through it. It's, it is not Nothing pleasant. like, it, oh, it's, it's horrible, man. You're just sitting there wailing like Ric Flair after mm-hmm. getting bladed open. Yeah, that's how oh, I yeah. felt. It's like, oh, the pain. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, you're hugging the toilet, you know. Wishing, yeah, for all the wrong reasons. Yes. <laughs> It's like I didn't yeah. even have a good time. <laughs> That's right. So um I had a good time Saturday night. Did. <laughs> Saturday night in Hamilton, Texas. I didn't even know where Hamilton was. Where is Hamilton, Texas? It is west of Waco. It's about ninety minutes. We went through it <laughs> on the on the way to Wichita Falls. Probably didn't even notice. Didn't notice, but we did. <laughs> uh at the Hamilton Junior High Gym, Lions Pride Sports, Houston Carson's great company, mm-hmm. had Havoc in Hamilton. Fantastic show. Ended the night in controversy because Lance Hoyt, who had stolen the Lions Pride Championship belt from the champion, Mike Dell, they decided to have an unsanctioned match for the title. And Lions Pride had brought in a mediator. The mediator just happened to be former president of the National Wrestling Alliance, Bruce Tharp. Yeah, that's a pretty good mediator. He was until towards the end of the match. Mike Dell hits the elbow on Lance Hoyt. Referee goes down to count. As he hits two, Bruce Tharp pulls the referee out. Through the distraction, Lance hits the killer bomb. One, two, three. Lance Hoyt is now your new Lions Pride champion. So he's like the champion officially now? He is the champion officially, and apparently so Bruce Tharp gonna... has aligned himself. With Lance, with Lance Hoyt. I mean, it's a pretty good guy to align yourself with. Interesting developments. Needless to say, uh, Carson, Aaron Presley, and the rest of the the Lions Pride management were none too happy about it. But the fact of the matter is, Lance Hoyt is now the rightful champion. So, you know, it's one of those things that you you kind of get what you wish when you. When you're asking to get what you wish for, and you kind of mm-hmm. get it, yeah. but it's not in the way you had planned it to work out. It's like you wanted a championship match, and you wanted right. your, and you wanted a fair chance to get your title back, but you weren't, and you kind of lined up the cards in your favor almost. But you, but then, then you didn't really expect the double cross. You didn't. You didn't. Now earlier in the night, the brand 
which was uh, Super Tech's Brent McKenzie, mm-hmm. and filling in was Franco D'Angelo facing Noby Bryant and WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. Pretty good tag partner there. Fantastic match. In the end, of course, Noby Bryant and Jerry Lawler got the win. Any pile drivers? Uh, after the match. <laughs> uh, Chase Paradise, the manager of the brand, who was attacked at their last show by Jerry Lawler, decided to remind Chase not to mess with him. The trademark Jerry Lawler pile driver on the manager of the brand. So, and of course, the crowd went went nuts. It was great. Um, before the match, I was able to catch up with the King. Uh, it was it was a great conversation. Uh, we started out by talking about the fact that. You know, being back in Texas, it, it's a little warm. It is a little warm, but uh, I appreciate being back here. The last time I was here, um, over near Houston, I can't remember exactly the name of the, the city, but we had a huge torrential downpour. I mean, just the, the biggest rain that I've ever seen. And we still wrestled. We still had a great night of action there. And, and finally, by the time I got in the ring at the main event, the, the rain had it slacked up a little bit. But uh, tonight... I'm praying for rain. I wish I would give anything if there would be a little a light shower or something because I think it's 103 degrees. I, I think it is. This, I mean, it's June. It's a little early to get this warm. Yeah, we're kind of hoping there may be a, a space in the roof that opens up, kind of like, like AT&T Stadium. They open up the roof or something. <laughs> well, I don't know if that would be. I don't know if it's 103 degrees outside. I don't know if it's going to help us any to be outside. But unfortunately, we are, uh, we're in a... A beautiful facility, but it's it's not air conditioned. That's true. And That's uh, true. This, this, I mean, back when I started, back in the day, back in the mid seventies or whatever, I used to wrestle all the time in places, you know, that air, high school gyms and things that weren't air conditioned. Now, th- but this may be the first time I've done that and and gone back to the old school uh, days of no air conditioning in a long, long time. So if I look like I'm about to pass out out there, you you're going to need to come and prop me up or something, or if they throw me out of the ring. Don't throw me back in, okay? Just let, me <laughs> Just let you lay there, yeah, right? Get you some water, right? Yeah, well, and, and you know, back in the day, the Sportatory Mendalis. Oh my God! That was one. Of, that was a, you know, absolute hot box in there. You know, as legendary as it was, there was no AC. Of course, smelled of, of cheap beer and, <laughs> and nacho cheese and all that good stuff. But, uh, uh, it's still what made it smell the worst was the Von Erich family. <laughs> <laughs> now come on. Really, you're gonna go yeah, there yeah, already? That's the. I mean, you know, no, I love. Uh, Dallas and, and uh, Texas love the Von Erichs. But, of course, when I – and, and I, it was the same situation, me and the Von Erich family. I was from Memphis, Tennessee. I was a hometown kid. Uh, I grew up in Memphis. Everybody, you know, once I got into wrestling, everybody knew my whole background. And I was, I was beloved and still have been. I mean, it's been so fortunate that I've, that I've had the love affair with my hometown of Memphis. And Dallas was the same way with the Von Erichs. And, and the funny thing was a lot of people didn't realize that when we started this interpromotional war, of course, when I came down from Memphis and went against Kerry and Kevin and all the Von Erics, they people hated me, you know. So I had, to, I had to play off that. I had to treat it like, you know, that's just the way we had to do it. But then by the same token, when Kerry came to Memphis and the Von Erics came to Memphis, the people in there hated them. So it was just, it was, it was that was the first time that I had really... Uh, kind of really gone out of our my own territory up in Memphis, and that was the first time I realized 
what, what it is like for sports teams when they go somewhere and they don't have the home field advantage. You know, you go somewhere and, 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 and all of a sudden you're a villain and the, the whole crowd hates you and wants you to lose, you know. So that's, that's the way it was with, uh, with the Von Erichs. But, I, I mean, I had some of my greatest matches ever with Kerry Von Erich. Uh, we, wrestled at, we wrestled at Dallas, uh, at Texas Stadium, at the fair, big fair there. We wrestled, of course, on pay-per-views and uh, for the unification title matches. Uh, I had a great rivalry with Kerry. I really missed that guy. Some, some great memories. And you talk about booing, you know, your, your former broadcast partner, Jim Ross, yeah. when Raw would come to Austin, you're there on the campus of the University of Texas. Yes. How dare they play that god-awful boomer sooner? I mean, it's the only city that Jim Ross would get booed out of the building. He's he one of the greatest of all time. He's still stinking sooner. So um, I want to ask you this. Like you said, you've been doing this for you know, a long time, since the 70s. You still make all these appearances with independent promotions and everything. How much fun are you still having doing this? I mean, it's got to be fun because you're here, you're doing it, but how much fun is it? Well, it, it really is fun. I mean, I look, at, I look at my career, and I have people come up to me, and, and I mean, when we were doing the, the career-type video uh, uh, DVD for the WWE, and the people talk about, to me all the time about your legacy. Uh, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? And I swear to you, and I mean this with all my heart, I have never thought about my career or this job and worrying about a legacy or what people will think about me. I feel like I've been so blessed and so fortunate to do something and make money at doing it that I would have honestly, I hate to tell people this, but I would have done for free. And when I first started, I would have paid them to let me wrestle. So that's, I've, I've always looked at it that way that I've never had to work a day in my life. So, um, and, and people, I, people tonight, you know, we're doing a little VIP section and people that, that bought the VIP tickets got to come, get to come in early and get pictures and autographs. And one guy asked me, he said, King, when are you going to retire? When are you going to stop doing this? And I said, when people stop paying me to do this. And I said, you know, the, when, I, when I look around for about six months and I haven't gotten a booking, I'll say, well, I guess I'm retired. But I swear, you know, it's, it's like... I don't know. I, I came from a family where my mom and my dad both, you know, we, they weren't very affluent. I mean, my dad worked in a Ford Motor Company assembly plant uh, his whole life. Uh, my mom grew up on a farm, had to work. And she used to say this saying, a lot of people can relate to it here in Texas, make hay while the sun shines. And she just meant, you know, you know, try to, you, you try to make as much money as you can while you can. And so, you know, as long as people can still uh, ask me, as long as still there's the demand is there, I'm going to keep on doing it. Say for, you know, unless I get, uh, you know, hurt or injured or something in a match, which God forbid it hadn't happened to me yet. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, and yes, relatively healthy and st- still bringing in the fans. Wait, relatively? Wait a minute. What does that mean? Well, you know, I'm <laughs> no, you're sure right. you're right. We all get, you know, we all get up there. Yeah. Let me ask you this, talking with Jerry the King Lawler, when, when you're out, and whether it's in WWE or the independent scene, is there, is there one or two guys that you have seen that you think back, you know, that looks like me back in the day? No. I don't watch anybody else's matches, <laughs> ex- okay. except when I'm calling the matches, and then, uh, and then I'm done, you know, I've got a different train of thought going there. I'm just calling the action and, and seeing what I'm seeing, and... and I've never really, I really don't think about that. I, I don't think, and this is sad, I'm, I have my own podcast. It's called Dinner with the King, uh, and it's available on iTunes and pod, all kind of podavenue.com, but whatever. But I, I think, you know, 
in, in a lot of those podcasts that I'll talk about, or they'll try to get me to talk about stuff in the past, and I, I don't, uh, maybe because they've been hit on the headlight, but I just really don't remember it that well because it didn't, it, it just seemed like uh, one day led to the next, one match, I'd have a match, I'd forget about it, I'd, you know, show up the next day and have another match. And, you know, back in the day, and, and still a lot of the guys do, but back in the day, we would wrestle seven days a week. Every day. And sometimes twice a day on Sundays oh, and Saturdays. I mean, I, I, when I first started, we'd wrestle, I'd wrestle in four live TV shows uh, a day on Saturday. I started out Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. We'd do a live TV show in Jackson, Tennessee. Jump in the car after that. We'd drive to Nashville, which was about 150 miles away. And we'd do a live TV show there on Saturday afternoon. Uh, just right at like 1 o'clock, a live TV show in Nashville. Jump in the car, have a match there. Jump in the car, drive down to Chattanooga and have a match there at 6 o'clock. And then jump in the car again and drive to Birmingham, Alabama and have a match on live TV at 1030 that night. And for each, now this is like in the early 70s, you drive all those miles. I, of course, I got to preface this. Gas was like 25 cents a gallon. Uh, but, I mean, you'd just get paid. You, all you'd get paid was just basically your travel money. You'd get 15 bucks for each one of those shots that you made, and that would just barely cover your gas and your nothing for your time. But, I mean, that was, that was, that was when they knew if you would do that, you love the business and you would want to be in it. So, yeah, when, when I think back on I mean, how many matches I've had, um, you know, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to remember the, the different matches. So it's, it's, it's tough to say. That I that I sit around and see a guy that reminds me of me. I just that just doesn't really happen. <laughs> understand, understand. Let me ask you this: You mentioned the podcast. By the way, your podcast, my show. We're going to be at All In, so it's going to oh, yeah. be fun. So we'll be good to see you there in Chicago. You've got the restaurant. What else occupies your time nowadays besides appearances? Do you have do you have other ventures that you're working on? I know you're still with WWE on the Legends contract, but is there anything I'm else that you're Legends kind of? Oh, a lot okay. of a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, I, I may have a, uh, I don't even think I have a Legends contract. I'm still under the same contract that I've been under all the years, a talent contract and, and a broadcaster contract. Right. Same thing that I've always been under, never not been under uh, contract with the WWE. It's just uh, I just have a different role. Most of the stuff they use, and JR the same way, they use us as, um, you know, more on the network now than anything. So you got to get the WWE network if you want to see me and JR a lot. But, I mean, you know, we still... Uh, you know, I, I hosted the Hall of Fame just like I've always done. I, me and JR did a match, uh, broadcast a match at WrestleMania. You know, they had us go over and do the, uh, the greatest Royal Rumble in uh, Saudi Arabia, be a part of that show. So, yeah, we're, I'm still out there doing stuff for them. And then um, we, we have SmackDown coming up June the 12th in, in Memphis. I think I'll probably be on that show. So, um, but then, then on the weekends... I usually go out and do independent shows. And then the other, the other thing that I have, a lot, I have 10 of these things coming up before the end of the year, in the last half of this year. Uh, I do a lot of comic cons. Uh, a lot of people realize that I do artwork. I do commission artwork at these comic cons. I've been a huge uh, comic book and, and science fiction and TV pop culture fan my whole life. I own a Batmobile. And so uh, I, I do a lot of comic cons. Got, got the Florida Supercon coming up this month. Uh, and then we're going to be at San Diego Comic Con, New York Comic Con, all of these things. And that, they take up about three days uh, of, of the weekend. They're usually Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I do a lot of those. And then, um, whew, it's just, I mean, every time I turn around, it seems like, oh, I'm running late to be somewhere. 
you're staying busy. That's good. Let me ask you, you just mentioned, you know, you and JR and everybody was in Saudi Arabia for the Greatest Royal Rumble. Such a, such a monumental event, not just because of the, of the matches themselves, but WWE being in Saudi Arabia. Reflect back on that. How, how incredible was that experience? Had you been to Saudi Arabia before? And just kind of what, what was your overall impression of the event of being, you know, welcomed into that area of the world? Well, uh, to be honest with you, no, I'd never been to the Middle East at all. I've been to uh, Japan and to, you know, different countries in Europe and Canada and all that sort of stuff, but never, never to the Middle East. So it was an experience. I'll be honest with you, one of the things after doing this so long, I, you know, the shows, the wrestling shows are basically, once they start, they're kind of all the same. It doesn't matter where you are. The fans, you know, what, whatever country or whatever, you know, part of the world you're in, the fans are into it no matter what when the show starts. So what I look at now is travel-wise, getting to and from these shows. And, man, I was really dreading it. Uh, they had JR and I. Uh, we hooked up in, in Houston, and we started from there. We flew from Houston to, um, oh, gosh, did we do this? where did we fly to? Oh, we, uh, to somewhere, uh, somewhere in Germany, and then we changed planes, and you f- flew from Germany to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. So all in all, it was a 19-and-a-half-hour flight uh, to get there, and I was really dreading it and, and not looking forward to that kind of flight. Uh, but, you know, they had J.R. and I together. We were in first class all the way, and it was a royal treatment. So it, that turned out that, all right. The flight was not bad at all. And then when we got there, uh, you know, they picked us up, took us straight to this beautiful hotel. And the amazing thing was uh, the fans there are they're so knowledgeable uh, about the WWE. It's like they've watched it their entire lives. They know everybody. They were so excited to see all the WWE superstars. And I just, I just got the impression that, and this is just my own personal opinion, but it's like they really want to be more westernized, you know. I mean, I'm, I turn my TV on in the, uh, you know, in the hotel, and there's the Disney Channel, and there's MTV and things like that uh, on there. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's certain things that, that we had expected, you know, about, um, I mean, just the situation with, with women, there, you know, I, I, I really expected uh, a lot, maybe not even women to be allowed to come to the show, but it wasn't that at all. I mean, they, the family, there were families there at the show, over, over 60,000, uh, you know, Saudis came to this event. And, and they, I mean, there were the families, the women uh, and children and everything. And it, it was just like going to any WWE event anywhere in the world. And it was, it was an awesome time. The only problem was we didn't, we didn't get to stay on the ground we spent 19 and a half hours flying over there, 19 and a half flying back, and JR and I were only there for like maybe 26 hours. Yeah, it was just down, land, sleep for a few hours. I actually went to sleep and then got up in the middle of the night to watch the NFL draft because my Cleveland Browns were, had the number one and number four picks. So I watched that and, and then went back to sleep and then got up and went straight to the arena. I mean, went straight to the football stadium. And, and did the show that night. And then we, we, JR and I left from the football stadium and went straight to the airport. We flew out at three. Our flight left uh, Saudi Arabia going to, uh, we landed in Paris. But we left there at 3.05 in the morning. And there were, it, it was unbelievable. That, the airport in Saudi Arabia at 3.05 in the morning, thousands of people in the airport. It was unbelievable. 
I got to ask before I let you go. You say you watch the NFL draft, and the Browns are your team. Now, I covered Baker Mayfield in high school. Yes. He is a proud Lake Travis Cavalier. Uh, what, was your, you know, what was your thought on Baker getting taken number one by the Browns? I absolutely loved it. Uh, I, I mean, that's who I, that's who I was hoping for. I, I was, you know, and, and the Browns really, they, uh, they kept their pick secret. They put out all of these kind of uh, hints and, and uh, you know, different things to make you think it wasn't going to be Baker Mayfield. I thought they were going to be a pick, you know, either one of the other, other quarterbacks. But when they, when they picked Baker Mayfield, I was really, really happy. Uh, I think a lot of people... In, in Cleveland, well, I know that the, the thing is they're kind of comparing him to Johnny Manziel, and and I don't think that's I don't think he's going to be anything like Johnny Manziel, and and I know uh, a lot of people from Texas are not too crazy about the fact that you know he, he went over to Oklahoma, and but but my buddy, good old Jr. has has sung his has sung Baker Mayfield's praises and told me he said, trust me, you guys are going to love this kid, and I, and I'm really looking forward to it. You can follow Jerry Lawler on Twitter at Jerry Lawler and subscribe to his podcast, Dinner with the King. Subscribe it on iTunes and all the usual podcast platforms. He will be in Chicago for StarCast, just as we will be. But, I mean, he was great to talk to. I I was going to say the funny part is is that nobody went in for um, the fit for a king joke after he said that they, he had the royal treatment on the first class flight. And I was like, of course, for a king. What, what else would you expect? King? Of course, of course. Uh, anyway, my my huge thanks to Jerry Lawler and, of course, my thanks to everybody, Houston Carson, everybody at Lions Pride for, for having me up there. It was a fantastic show. And uh, they've got another show coming up end of June. You need find them on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure you get your tickets and and check them out. They've got a good thing going. When we come back from this commercial timeout, we may be joined by the voice of NJPW World, our good friend Kevin Kelly, because they've got a huge card coming up on Saturday in Japan, Dominion for New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's coming up next on Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. You're listening to The Horn, 1049 AM 1260, streaming worldwide at hornfm.com and the Horn Austin app. As we take a look across the Cheap Pops Podcast Network, we look at Between the Ropes with our good friends Brian Fritz and Michael Wiseman. Uh, They are covering the victory that CM Punk and Colt Cabana had in the lawsuit that was filed against them by Dr. Chris Amon from WWE, as well as the highlights and lowlights from this week's Raw and SmackDown. Plus, they will have their thoughts on new japan dominion coming up this weekend you can catch that on between the ropes with brian and michael part of the cheap pops podcast network you'll find it at blogtalkradio.com ladies and gentlemen this is super ach and you're listening to sports guys talking wrestling it is Sports Guys Talking Wrestling on the Horn 1049 AM 1260. Stu Myrick, Justin the Smash Simmons, and as promised, joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline all the way from Osaka, Japan, because he's got to get ready for New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion this Saturday. It is our dear friend, the voice of NJPW World, Kevin Kelly. How is the weather in Japan. Today, Stu, Justin's a little cloudy, a little overcast. 
but the, uh, the, the skies will break and the sun will be beaming down on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, uh, early Saturday morning for you folks there in, uh, in Texas, uh, because uh, Dominion's going to be awesome on Saturday. Yeah. Before we get too serious, can I just ask, I know there's a, substan- a substantial time difference between Texas and Japan, and obviously, because we're on the Cantina's hotline, I know you're not having Mexican food in Japan, or you might be, but what did you have for breakfast this morning? Today we had a, uh, a very Japanese meal of fried eggs, mm-hmm. uh, tater tots, and uh, a little fish cake. So Nice. <laughs> Okay, fried eggs. I can't. I I have a hard time with fried eggs. I don't know why. It's just a. It's something with me. I don't know. But uh, well, it's a, it's as American a breakfast as you could have, except for the fish cake. Thing. Well, there you <laughs> go. Uh, That's not bad. I mean, yeah, I, so, uh, I'd eat you know, it. Cold, or a hot cup of coffee, and I'm good to go, man. Who arranges of that? Yeah, who does arrange that? Does that come from New Japan? Uh, what the breakfast mm-hmm. they served me? No, no, I got it myself. No, they. Um, <laughs> They take care of all the arrangements, you know. It's a first-class operation, and uh, uh, again, you know, you stay in uh, nice hotels, and and everything is everything's easy, man. By the way, you mentioned early morning. Yes, you can catch Dominion Saturday. It's at three a.m. Eastern. That means two a.m. right here in Austin, Texas. And of course, catch okay. it at njpwworld.com. So, Kevin, let's let's go to the main event because. After all, we can't. We haven't had enough of Okada Omega. After you know, between the three matches they've had, they've wrestled for over three hours. Now we're going to get a fourth match, two out of three falls, and from what I understand, t- no time limit. Is that correct? That is correct. That's the, the stipulation that was set forth, uh, and it's really the best way uh, to settle it. A year ago at Dominion, they went to a sixty-minute time limit draw. Uh, and their personal record against one another is one, one, and one. So uh, this will uh, settle it all with with uh, you know clear winner, clear loser, and no time limit. So there will be no time limit draws this time. Can I ask from the broad from the broadcaster's perspective? I want to know what is your thought in your preparation for a match of this magnitude? Just because this seems like we can see a. I almost want to say the bar might be set too high. We can see another historic wrestling match between these two fantastic gentlemen. I'm thinking that this could possibly be going two hours. I I think it could have that type of magnitude. How do you feel about your preparation knowing that a match can be something that's going to just transcend pro wrestling once again? Yeah, what I do, Justin, and I I do this for all shows is I prepare a lot of background material on, you know, some stats and facts that I can sneak in and I can use to enhance the narrative of the match. Uh, I go in, I don't go in with any uh, preconceived or, you know, canned lines that I plan on saying or anything like that. I just, what's the story that they're telling? How is the action of the match unfolding? You know, last year at Dominion, uh, the story in one of the keys to success and ultimate survival for Okada, and this was his use of the drop kick. Mm-hmm. It was as much a defensive weapon as it was an offensive weapon. And Don had the, you know, the GD, it's that another GD drop kick, you know, a <laughs> classic line that he just came out with. Um, that's just something as the story of the match unfolds that we have to be there to watch to uh, be able to bring forth. So I'll have material, uh, and I, like, I'm not sure. For example, this will be something I find out, I'm sure, the day of. In between falls, will there be a rest period? 
And if so, how long? So Ooh. if that is the case, what, you know, what kind of story can I tell in that if it's a 30 second interval or a minute long interval, whatever, it may not be any interval at all. And so I just have to have material just in case, use it where it fits appropriately and just let them, uh, you know, and just do my best to try to call, uh, you know, and help tell that story. Cause I'm sure like, uh, like we, we all agree, it's going to be wonderful. And do you even get the nerves anymore at this point, or do you still get a little of those butterflies flutter every now and then when a match of this magnitude is going to approach your schedule? Oh, as soon as, you know, as soon as Okada called out Kenny at Dominion or at uh, D- Dontaku, mm-hmm. my, you know, immediately I got goosebumps because <laughs> I immediately went and put myself ringside Osaka, Joe Hall, because there's going to be over 12,000 in attendance and it'll be one of the largest audiences that we ever have on, on NJPW world and immediately got excited. And I've been excited ever since, you know, and this, this card, I mean, you know, for, for being in June, this card is shaping up to be as big as Wrestle Kingdom with, with the matches they've got, of course, headlined by this, this incredible bout that's going to happen. By the way, you, you mentioned, you know, the rest period, in your to your knowledge, traditionally with New Japan, do they have a rest period in you know multi fall matches? And do you know how long those fall those rest periods usually are? This will be the first uh, two out of three fall match I've done since I've since okay. I've been with the company. Well, that so I'm not quite so I'm not quite sure. Okay, so I'm definitely going to ask, and I'm definitely going to find out. Another huge match, uh, and this one has been brewing for a couple months now. Chris Jericho who made a huge splash over there at Wrestle Kingdom and then and at New Year's Dash, coming back this time to challenge Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Now, we know Chris Jericho's track record with WWE, the multiple Intercontinental title reigns he had there. I mean, this is going to be something. This has gone beyond just a technical matchup to, you know, Chris Jericho has this kind of bad blood just like he did before, has his bad blood with Naito, who seems to be taking it with stride. Yeah, the typical Naito tranquilo attitude, but uh, Jericho got annoyed uh, quite publicly about uh, Naito, you know, and his displeasure over claiming that the, you know, it was a double main event scenario at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Naito felt like the Jericho Omega match was not on par with the IWGP heavyweight title match because Naito believes that that title means so much that no matter what else is booked on the same card, that the heavyweight title match is the main event. And Jericho, of course, takes exception to it and picks his spots very carefully, attacks Naito at, at New Year's Dash, and then the trail goes cold for uh, for five months, and then he attacks at Dontaku, jumping out of the crowd dressed as a fan. And, you know, and again, the the bad blood that exists between these two is real. It's tangible. It's a different scenario than with than with uh, Kenny Omega at 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 Wrestle Kingdom. So this is going to be a very aggressive match. And again, Naito could not have cared less about the Intercontinental title. Uh, This is more important for Jericho. And because of the importance to Jericho, that's the reason why Naito said, well, I'll go ahead and I'll defend it. I really don't care about the belt. He never wears it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't think it should be a championship. He thinks there should, there's too many titles in New Japan. He's he's a purist. And so it, it's going to be a very, very interesting, interesting matchup. 
I wanted to know, uh, since you're there firsthand, I, what what can you say that explains the infatuation? I didn't even use the correct word there. I'm sorry, but the, the love that Naito gets from the fans of New Japan. Uh, I think one of his stories, every time I think about him specifically, where he was supposed to become one of the new hot talents like Okada, didn't exactly get there the first time had to go back and find his way and now has all the respect which is so huge in japan uh i mean do the fans still feel that natural that was that just natural when he came back yeah it was well again it took a while and what it it needed to be was it needed to be on the fans time and when they felt like naito was ready that's when they all sort of got behind. Plus the LIJ thing is so cool, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> and you go, you look in the crowd and at least half, if not more of the people are wearing LIJ merch that they just bought. So it, it's a, uh, it, it is really the most popular. Uh, he is the most popular wrestler in, in new Japan pro wrestling right now. So it, they want to see him win the title. They want to see him get to the top. And uh, they thought they were going to see it at, at Wrestle Kingdom, and it didn't happen. And there was over 40,000, a collective gasp when um, Okada won on January 4th. So now this is, you know, Dominion is the second biggest event of the year uh, behind Wrestle Kingdom. So this is a huge, huge card, and there will be many, many eyes on this. So it's very important for Tetsuya Naito to perform very, very well in a big spot. We're talking with Kevin Kelly, the voice of NJPWWorld.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at RealKevinKelly. Let me ask you this, because you just mentioned about the popularity of LIJ. Um, with, with the fracturing, can we say, of Bullet Club, is it getting to the point where, at least in Japan, LIJ is starting to reach that level of popularity where maybe they could challenge Bullet Club, at least in the fans' minds? Well, I think if you look at it, Stu, look at it like, uh, you know, two sides of the same coin. In the United States, Bullet Club is much more popular than Los Ingobernables. But in Japan, it's the exact opposite. Uh, Bullet Club is far behind LIJ in terms of, of merch sales and in terms of overall popularity. Uh, certainly not in, in terms of historical importance, you know, from, from the group's foundation back five years ago. Uh, Bullet Club is... Uh, still, despite their fracturing, is still a very, very strong faction. And and Kenny Omega uh, can certainly bring the IWGP heavyweight title back to Bullet Club again. And LIJ has never had a, a you know, a champion uh, of that magnitude. But yeah, it's it's the opposite. In the U.S., it's Bullet Club 1, LIJ 2. And in Japan, it's the exact opposite. Amazing. Amazing. Hiromu Takahashi, Beat Ishimori. He he won the best of the Super Juniors tournament, which was an incredible tournament. So now he gets the shot at Will Ospreay and the junior heavyweight title there. What do you expect out of this match? Is this is Will Ospreay right for, right for the picking, or will this just be another day at the day at the office for the Aerial Assassin? No, I think I look at it the other way. I think that uh, Hiromu is right for the picking. Really? Eight matches over a couple of weeks, uh -huh. including a 35-minute war with Ishimori. I don't know how much left uh, Hiromu has in the tank. And that's that's my concern, is that if this match gets on, in, and, if, and if Osprey can avoid the big mistake, like we saw with Marty Skrull, 
and he goes for the goes for broke out of the apron and all of a sudden pays for it and nearly breaks his neck. If Osprey avoids a huge mistake like that, I think it's his match to win. Uh, Hiromu with that reckless style, he throws his body into everything. One big miss and it's his night's over. And he just keeps getting up and he keeps answering the bell uh, time after time after time. But 35 minutes with Ishimori in one of the greatest matches I've ever seen uh, the other night in the Best of Super Junior Final. I don't know how he uh, continues on from that and uh, only has a few days to, to rest and prepare for Osprey. This is a huge match. You've got Cody, Marty Skrull, Hangman Page representing Bullet Club versus the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the the best here in pro wrestling by far. Jushin Thunder Liger, the, the legendary. And finally, in a New Japan ring, the one and only Rey Mysterio Jr. I mean, this is gonna that's gonna be one of those matches that everybody's gonna be glued to to the screen, to the ring, you name it. This is this is one of those matches that could headline any card in New Japan and pretty much any card in any organization around the world. Yeah, if you told me that this was your main event for, say, San Francisco on July 7th at the G1 Special, it wouldn't shock me uh, because the match is that good. But instead, it's 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 part of an amazing card at Dominion. Uh, you know, Mysterio has dreamed of being in New Japan Pro Wrestling for years. And he wants still wants to wrestle Jushin Thunder Liger. That's his first goal. Uh, and then to challenge for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title, second goal. But third goal he told me and it was way down the line was to get even with marty Skrull, uh because Skrull ripped his mask off at strong style of ob and embarrassed mysterio who was still nursing the torn bicep and now because of the issue that existed between liger and Skrull throughout the tour throughout the uh, best of super junior tour then it all comes to a head challenge issued and accepted now ray mysterio finds himself teaming with liger and gets to face Skrull first. Um, bicep tears on on Tanahashi and Mysterio. Uh, I know Tanahashi's arm is, is is not 100%, maybe never will be. Don't know the condition of Mysterio. And that would be, if I'm if I'm Cody, Page, and, and the villain, that's exactly where I'm going. Uh, but um, again, it is going to be an electric atmosphere and a wonderful night. And just want to invite everybody to tune in. You know, uh, fans in Austin are, are so great and rabid and passionate about pro wrestling. And if you know somebody who's a wrestling fan and they're not a subscriber to NJPWWorld.com, tell them about it. Help them get signed up because it's the only way to see Dominion Live. It is so worth either staying up late or getting up early and enjoying the show. I, I know I am. I'm going to be I'm going to be in South Padre Island. I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm up to see that one. Kevin Kelly, you follow him on Twitter at Real Kevin Kelly and catch New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. It's Saturday at from Osaka Joe Hall in Osaka, Japan. It'll come on at 3 a.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. Central Time on NJPWWorld.com. Is Don Callis joining you on commentary? Yes, I'll be there. <laughs> you you hey. sound so thrilled. Well, Stu, the good news is that since uh, you know the bars close in Texas right at two a.m., you, know, right. you could just go I'll ahead just and mosey on over, mosey, <laughs> mosey up back to the room and turn it right up. Kevin, it is so good to talk to you, my friend. All the best to you, safe travels, and we'll talk again soon. My pleasure, guys. Take care, be well, and I'll talk to you soon. You know he is such a pro, even even with Don Callis and Don. <laughs> I mean Don Callis. I will give him this. He he is pretty entertaining on commentary sometimes. It's it is kind of comical. 
knows what he's talking about. <laughs> NJPWworld.com. Make sure you check it out Saturday morning. When we come back, we will have more. You are listening to Sports Guys Talking Wrestling, and you're listening to The Horn, where Austin talks wrestling. Sports Guys Talking Wrestling, part of the Cheap Pops Podcast Network. One of our other partners, the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast with Brad Mendenhall. He and the gang will take a look at Avengers Infinity War, as well as part of their crew saw the new Star Wars movie, Solo. They'll also dive into the controversy involving Roseanne Barr and her uh, recently canceled ABC comedy. That's Brad Mendenhall and gang on Cosmic Geppetto. You can find it as part of the Cheap Pops Podcast Network on blogtalkradio.com. Diamonds are forever. They are all I need to please me. They can stimulate to tease me. Hey guys, this is Tessa Blanchard, and you're listening to Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. It is Sports Guys Talking Wrestling, the podcast-only segment on the Cheap Pops Podcast Network. Stu Myrick, Justin, Smash Simmons. That was pretty cool to get Kevin Kelly. We haven't talked to him in a while, so it's always good to hear his voice. I know, right before Dominion, too. So that essentially, was, they're SummerSlam. That, it is. You're absolutely right. That's a great, great co- comparison, and that's going to be a fantastic card. I mean, the rest of the card, you've got um, Evil Sonata defending the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team titles, the Young Bucks getting their first crack. As heavyweights, yes, they made a big deal about this. Nick and they've Matt, been wanting this for years. They have, so now they get the shot. I mean, they have ruled the junior heavyweight tag division for so long. Now they're getting shot at the heavyweight tag division there in New Japan. But they gotta go through evil. But and I was Sonata. like, but they had to go against evil and Sonata. You know how difficult that's going to be that's, for the Bucks. That's going to be yeah. That's something that's not their usual match. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Hiro- you talk about Lij. I mean, they're holding a lot of gold. They are. The only they thing that's between- missing is the top. The top prize in the company. You're, you're absolutely right. You got Hiroki Goto defending the never open weight title in a triple threat against Michael Elgin and Tai Chi. You've got uh, Ishii and Toriyano taking on from Suzuki Goom, Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Interesting tag partner for him. Yeah, that's that is interesting. That's I mean, and Zack Sabre Jr. is part of Suzuki Goom, but. I know, but he's just it's, so much it, different. He is. I mean, you look at the rest of that faction. We, you look at at, um, at um, Michinoku, yeah, and of course, Killer Elite Squad. Zack Saber Junior. That's that's one of those. It's kind of odd. It's a it's a weird fit. I mean, I'm sure he's doing fine, but it's just. I guess he's like their technical assassin, pretty much. Be. I mean, all everybody else is like brute power and like rigid chins and strength, but yeah. him, he's he's a different type of wrestler. You've got uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson taking on the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion Switchblade Jay White and Yoshihashi. That'll be a good match. And then for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles, El Desperado and Kanemaru will be defending those titles against Rapongi 3K. You gotta believe Rocky Romero will be in tow. I would hope so. With I'm thinking, Yo and Show. Yeah. Show and Yo have had they were also in that best of super juniors yeah. as well. So I'm thinking wonder how much is going to be in their tank. Mm, but I'm still thinking they have a good chance, especially this is like one of the first times they really do get to compete for this title. Yeah. And they uh I know they come up short before. So, you know, getting a win here would be pretty monumental in their case. I think so. I think so. Again, that's M- NJPW. Presents Dominion Saturday, Osaka Joe Hall, 3 a.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. Central 
on njpdoubleroll.com. Yeah, you got to get up early, but it's worth it. If nothing else, just to hear Kevin Kelly and Don Callis on commentary. You keep on saying having to get up early. I'm telling you, in Texas, if you just stay up and close down the bar, you'll already be up for the very that's, start that's of true. Dominion. That's true. Absolutely. Um, uh, Monday night on Raw. And the build-up to Money in the Bank, he, here's, here's the funny thing. So, you know, we've talked about that you know there were so many pay per views going on, and, and you know when they had them, you know the the each each brand had its own pay per view, and it just seemed like every couple of weeks there was a pay per view. Now that they've gone back to just one pay per view per month for both brands, it it's it's been great, but at the same time, it feels like they've let too much time. They've got too much time to try to build, and they keep getting kind of lost. And here, one example. You've got the B team, which is Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, winning a tag team battle royal. Which and this is actually not a great example, but I was going to say I love that. I exactly do love what it. I wanted to see. So you know they're now the number one contenders for the Raw tag team titles. Of course, held by the Deleters of Worlds, Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt. By the way, I still chuckle. I still laugh out loud at Michael Cole and his confusion over the Woken Universe. And Corey Graves making trying to correct him at every turn to no avail because I'm with Corey. You know, I I I am I'm a broken person. I've been deleted. Aren't I you? can you know I can understand. I do not want King Maxwell coming to me except to like give me a high five or something. So, but one of the things we talked about Nia Jax. So last week you had Nia Jax come out and basically be a bully. To Ronda Rousey and to her opponent, who was a it was a local talent there in mm-hmm. Columbus. I think they were last year, last week, uh, this week. They were in Houston at Toyota Center, and so Nia Jax faces Natalia, and there's a spot where Natalia goes up and over Nia Jax, lands, and looks like she landed weird on her knee and yeah. hurt her knee. Ronda Rousey, who was on commentary, which was um oh it was it was uh a little hard to listen to um but she goes down checks on Natalia and Nia Jax all of a sudden you know is no longer a bully she's now concerned for Natalia so it's it's like they haven't figured out where they want Nia Jax to go and especially where it relates to her match at Money in the Bank with Ronda Rousey. Well, yeah, because it all depends on how the crowd sees Ronda Rousey. If they respect her and they think that she's going to be the next big thing and they're willing to accept that, then they can go with the way that the plan was supposed to be and she's going to be the next superstar of the WWE brand because she has the most name recognition. But if it doesn't work out, then they can go back to their original plan of having Nia Jax as this steamroller that is supposed to just be the monster heel of the women's division, at least on Raw. I get it. I, I get that. I just, again, I, I think back to the big deal they made just, you know, less than two months ago mm-hmm. at WrestleMania about her overcoming bullying. You know, again, it just, it's just it's like figure out which path you want her well, to go. you know, it is a true story, though. I mean, you take somebody that is poor... And they win the lottery, and they don't know how to handle the experience, and all of a sudden they're broke again. Yeah, I, I, and I agree. It's the same thing when you gain popularity, and in this case, bullying. You know, if 
She used to be bullied. She finally stood up and defended herself, but that wasn't normally the first Here's, time she did it. So now she doesn't know how to handle the fact that she's an actual bully. Right. I don't know, Stu. I don't know. It's it's weird. Anyway, it just it just seems a little weird. Um, the other thing that have have they absolutely run out of stuff for Baron Corbin? Because now apparently they have him as a constable, as apparently the eyes and ears for Stephanie McMahon, who is the commissioner. Oh, of see, Night. I saw that on the on the rundown sheet here, and I was like, I didn't even know that happened. Yes. and I was watching the show yesterday. So apparently, he <laughs> he is now, or at least at least for this week, was Stephanie McMahon's stand-in. And in fact, so you had a, a six woman tag uh-huh. where it was the Riot Squad oh, versus yeah, yeah. Sasha Moon. Banks, Ember Moon, and Alexa Bliss. So early in the match, Alexa Bliss gets thrown out of the ring, feigns an injury, leg injury, and goes to the back. So then it ends up just being Ember Moon, Sasha Banks. Yeah. They're about to obliterate him. Here comes Bailey. To stand in for him, tags in, you know, belly to belly suplexes, couple of belly belly suplexes later, they're victorious. And Amber Moon's happy, and you start to see maybe Sasha and Bailey make up from this supposed rivalry that has starting to burn. Well, Baron Corbin basically, you know, calls out Kurt Angle saying, well, aren't you going to reverse it? Because Bailey wasn't part of the match. And Kurt Angle, you know, of course he asks, of course I'm not going to do that. Well, Baron Corbin says, well, if you don't, I'll call Stephanie McMahon and she will. Then Kurt Angle goes to the girls, tells them, you know, the, the decision's reversed. And then Sasha and Bailey are back to at least not liking each other, I guess. I, it just... I guess that wouldn't really have made a difference because like they would have lost anyways. But why? Why do we have Baron Corbin in this? It, it, like I said, have we run out of stuff for him? Is he? Is but he? You can make you that didn't put him in the Money in the Bank. You you know he didn't. He's not. He doesn't have a match at Money in the Bank as of now. Well, I mean, I don't want to be too detrimental to somebody's work, but I mean, what has he done to? to garner a, a match at Money in the Bank. They already tried to give him a belt. They tried to give yeah, him a run, they, and, and it kind of felt kind of flat. He actually had it. He had the Money in the Bank briefcase and cashed it in and ended up not... What, what, one of only two people not to win? Right, right. And it's kind of like, I, I guess they're trying to make it happen again, but I'm not sure if it can. I don't, I, I don't know. I've always... Because I don't know the guy personally. I don't want to say anything super mean, but at the same token, it's like, character-wise, you have to be invested, right, in the characters for it to mean something. And we have a lot of new faces. There's a lot of great talent coming through NXT, and it really does feel almost like a... um, like a like a major league or professional sports team where there's going to be a draft now every year, and it's going to be either right before WrestleMania, WrestleMania where they make their appearance, or the night after on Raw where a lot of those call-ups are coming up. So everybody's spot, unless you are John Cena or or somebody like AJ Styles right now, who's arguably the best wrestler in the company, right. your spot is going to be contended for. And if you can't keep up, and unfortunately, just like in real life, things that are going to be out of the control of the talent's hands are going to happen. Bad storylines serious injuries that are going to occur uh when they when you least expect it possible injury that could occur 
uh, in the middle of a match. Simple things like creative changing their mind. Vince yeah. McMahon making waking up one morning and on the day of the show going, you know what? We had you penciled in for this, I know, six months ago, but we, I'm just not but, feeling it. Right. I no, mean, I all that. those things can work against somebody. I and know. right now, they're all working against they're, Baron Corbin. They are. By the way, I met one of his... So, you know, Baron Corbin had a cup of coffee in the NFL. Yeah. You know, uh, I think he was on the practice squad for the Cardinals. Met one of his teammates, Levi Brown. Uh, oh yeah, lineman from from uh, played at Penn State. Yep. Uh, he he and I were at a at uh, Corey Redding's football camp on Saturday. We were there on behalf of NFL alumni. So it was good. To, so he he was talking about Baron Corbin. I was like, oh yeah. So real. Cool what is Baron be. Corbin's real name? Does he know? <laughs> did he, he did. He it? does, and I do. Now now I can't think of it. So. Uh, but anyway, it was it was cool. It was cool to chat with him. Yeah, about that, so. I, I was always like, it's no disrespect. I'm glad that the guy's been successful in yeah. two things. It's just that right now, it's kind of a numbers game. And you may and be right. It's just it's just a matter of you know they've got. I think they've got what eleven matches scheduled for that card right now. You know that and it's going to go four hours the, at least. But another thing for me, uh, when it comes to at least Corbin in this case, it's like how does he differentiate himself between other big guys that they have? True. On yeah, on, on the card that. because. They all kind of dress the same. Yeah. They all kind of look the same. And he doesn't protect. I can't even really think of how he talks because, I mean, I've heard it, but it, it's nothing that resonates like with a voice of stone I get, cold. Or, I get you. You know, yeah. it's not just instantaneously noticeable. Right. I get you. I, I'm just saying that maybe they gave him too much too soon when he still needed to do a little bit more work so the crowd could get invested in him. And that's yeah. why I think is that you have to be invested in the character. Yeah, and no, right now, you. as a fan, I, I'm not at this moment. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I get you, and uh, it's you know it's a shame, but yeah, you're right. You're Talking right. about that match, though, am I the only one that is confused with the fact that they're hanging two briefcases <laughs> up at the same exact time in the middle of these matches, and that they're supposed to get the green one only, and the other money in the bank one is supposed to signify money in the bank? <laughs> No, no, no. The green one's for the men. The white one's for the women. Oh, okay. I remember, there's that. a women's match, too. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. See, I'm... Like, and we're gonna, and we'll, we'll preview all this Then how come week. both of them were hanging after the end of the match last night? They, well, that's just been their that, that's been that's their thing. That's just been their thing? They just set yeah. them both up? Yeah, they okay. set them both up to you know promote. You know, it's, all right, this man. Is, that this is the money in the while. bank. This is kind of like having the WrestleMania sign up for like three months. Gotcha. Yeah, you that's know. why. I'm just kind of like... Yeah. Uh, it's this is... You got the money in the bank briefcases above the ring. You know, leading into Money in the Bank. True. So. I guess it's just easier to set it up. You know what? I, you know what I didn't. During. And and it's, it's bad of me, but there's also an NXT Takeover special that weekend. I know, and I've even really looked at it just I, because I know Alistair Black is defending against Lars Sullivan. I yes. know that, and I have to go. I have to look at the rest of the card. And I'm again, assuming we'll Velveteen Dream. I'm sorry. I'm assuming Velveteen Dream. And Ricochet oh yes, are gonna go yes. At it. Dream and Ricochet. Yeah. Did you see that flip? That was fit. Did I see that? That flip? Was Of course, I saw fantastic. that flip. Fantastic. It was like Spider Man come to life. I mean, you <laughs> and and Dream's face when he landed that. I mean, that was that was pretty priceless. That well, was I mean, fantastic. like you can even show a non wrestling fan that, and even they were stunned. And I was just like, right, crazy that a guy can physically like accomplish that. Oh, I've yeah. never seen that happen. I agree. No, it's it's that that it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I it's mean, like can you imagine him in a lot. But it's Ricochet. Yeah, you know, but, I mean, we exp- it's Ricochet doing Ricochet things. But even then, and and remember, this is the guy that you know had an absolute, you know, just a display of just incredible aerialness. I guess the best way to put it 
with Will Ospreay a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that match broke the wrestling community because it was yeah. like, was that a match? Was that flippity flop? Yeah. But like, it was, still. but still, I mean, you can't discount the guy's athleticism and his ability to do what he does. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why I kind of want this NXT run to hurry up and end because when you have a wrestler like Ricochet, it's just like, how much longer can he possibly do what he does? True. True. Well, I mean, we've we've talked about that forever. You know, with, the, with uh, Daniel Bryan, with his with his you know various injuries, uh, and and with a lot of the guys that are coming, th- especially coming through NXT from you know name you know whether it's Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact, but it's, but it's different, Stu, because like with Jeff Hardy, like yeah, you knew you were going to get that big spot, maybe a big swanton bomb from the top of the Titan Tron or on top of a ladder. Or if it right. was Mick Foley, you knew that he was going to go through a cage. Or if it's Shane McMahon, you know that he's probably going to take the fall off of hell in the cell. Like we saw back in Dallas at WrestleMania 34. Yeah. Or was that 32? I get 32. Conf- I get confused now. 32. But the thing with Ricochet, yeah. though, is his whole style is predetermined on risk. Yes. And that right. he flips in so many different ways every which way and we saw it with seth rollins you just never know when your knee is going to buckle and Mm -hmm. that is it and you have to change your style and obviously rollins fantastic worker he was able to come back and it really hasn't affected him i'm sure if something happened to ricochet it hasn't affected much but you can you can actually see there's been a little bit he's he's scaled things back a little yeah i mean you're it was like what macho man randy savage uh, I remember reading the Shawn Michaels book where it's like, oh, yeah, you, you you know, you can always go out and give it a great effort, but you don't always want to put your best stuff out there night in and night out. Sure. You're just going to blow yourself out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something I don't want to see with Ricochet until he gets to the main. I want him to have his main card run and be Ricochet. I don't yeah. want him to be a shell of Ricochet yeah. before he gets I, there. I agree. I agree. I want to I want to see Ricochet at his peak most ricochet yeah so it's like when great he gets to w- either raw or smackdown yeah so. love the flips and stuff i'm just hoping that <laughs> he gets called up so I everybody who hasn't seen ricochet can really truly experience what he can do yeah. at his peak of his powers absolutely i mean in the meantime go back through old episodes of lucha underground as prince puma or his stuff in new japan you name it so um someone that is been absent for a while well i guess since since saudi arabia the Undertaker, they announced he is scheduled for a WWE house show at Madison Square Garden on July 7th. Now, we know when it comes to WWE, Madison Square Garden, that's that's one of those places where they like to pull out all the stops. Are you kidding? It's referred to in the business as New York. That's right. That's when they yeah, when that's they talk WWE. about New York, they don't they they're not talking about this. as much as they've been using Barclays recently. When you think WWE in New York, you think Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So Undertaker will be there. They haven't announced whether it's a match, if what opponent he has, what have you. But it'll be good to see the dead man uh, in the ring at, at the world's most famous arena in July. Um, here's a story. I saw this on Up Rocks on with Spandex. So apparently Al-Qaeda has been threatening the crown prince of Saudi Arabia because he's the one that brought WWE and the Greatest Royal Rumble to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Apparently, Al Qaeda is upset about this. Well, yeah, they. That's so. Are so you really surprised. So apparently, the the stumble of of, uh, of Titus O'Neil may get us all killed. 
<laughs> I don't know. You know, I just thought that was kind of funny. You know, it's it, it a little bit of the the world scene invading into the world of professional wrestling. It's um, well, I think it was more of just like a Western style production that really bothered some more than anything else. Yeah, I was like, I, if anything, I felt that the WWE kept their product rather tame when they went over to Saudi. Oh, they Arabia. did. Well, you know, there none of the, none of the besides fema- trip, right? Some none of the female wrestlers went um it was relative i mean it was basically what you would what you would expect from a pay-per-view here here in the states uh but apparently you know apparently it bothered him so i you know i like like i care you know you know it is kind of comical we we had talked about madison square garden and i was hoping i'm i I didn't want to jump too far ahead i'm thinking you're going to get to this but you saw on, on social media where Madison Square Garden has been booked for another wrestling event this year. I saw that, and I th- and now that has led to speculation of possibly having yes. all in two before even having all in one. Which this might all in might be, you know, when it's RetroCon will become all in one. I I know they've been booked for another wrestling special. I I have not heard who it is. I've not heard. You know, I mean, that's what was trending I, on I Twitter today. Heard, I haven't even heard the date. Have you seen a date? Uh, it's supposed to be later in the year. It's supposed to be later this year, not so, an exact date, but there has already been... So before uh, the end of 2018. Yes, that there has been another wrestling company, they didn't say who, has already booked a spot at Madison Square Garden. The WWE, the WWE cannot do anything for them to not take that booking. Right. Um, but there's also word on, on social media is that that show probably will not happen. But the fact that there's been another company that's trying to book inside what has been essentially the home venue right. of the WWE since its, its inception. True. true. Uh, I, I thought yeah. it's really interesting. Well, and I, I it's, it's kind of like well, what Vince did to everybody else back in the 80s. Yes. Well, if you if you look over, you know, over the last few years, WWE has been using Barclays Center more well, in it's Brooklyn. Cheaper. Yeah, it's cheaper, you know. It's expensive to run MSG. Right. So, and I and I heard there was some dispute. I don't know. This is this is all speculation and rumor, rumor and innuendo, as our good friend Conrad Thompson would say. Um, but I've heard that there is the the relationship between Madison Square Garden and WWE isn't quite as tight as it once was. Let's just let's just put it that way. So, I mean, I would love to see another company book Madison Square Garden. The kicker, of course, will then be. How many people they can they put in it? Well, they were know? saying that if this is all in or ROH, you know, in a New Japan back style promotion, that for ROH their high their biggest sell has been six thousand, so they would yeah. have to like it triple that. The, it'd be the six thousand at UNO Lakefront for Supercard. Yeah, so they would have to like triple that just to sell out Madison Square Garden, and then yes. for New Japan, they would have to at least double what they got on the West Coast right. to sell out the Garden. And that's asking a lot. I know I know, wrestling is very it, popular right now. I could I could see them if... It depends who's on that card, doesn't it? That's the other thing. Who's going to be on the Who's going to be on the card? Now we we saw and and we're and hopefully we're going to see it firsthand too that um, you know Cody and the Bucks. That's enough to at least start with like two or three thousand people, easy. Yeah, and then with everybody that they know that they could get on all in card. I mean that that pushes yeah. it. Obviously, we've seen that they can sell ten thousand tickets. Right. 
but can they sell at the Garden? I mean, if this is them. Do you do you think they have that capability? It's a it's a big venue, and New York people can be a little cynical. But um, I mean, they also it's, love the pro wrestling. And well, it's also New York, so it's another city that that fans would come to. True. So people will fly there from you know all parts. Yeah, to go see a big city. So so I, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Um, Speaking of Vince McMahon, his other venture, the XFL, they named Oliver Luck as their new commissioner and CEO. And Oliver I- Luck, <laughs> former West Virginia athletic director, at one time was rumored to to vie for commissioner of the Big 12 Conference. Not to mention, I think he was in line to become the athletic director at the University of Texas at one time. Uh, before I'll, they hired Patterson. I'll take your word for it. This is where everybody's like, I thought you guys were talking wrestling. And yeah, it's I like, know. I, I know. It. But Oliver Luck, yeah, there's a tie to it. So the, well, I thought that well, was interesting. But, Stu, for our younger listeners out there, you need to explain who Oliver Luck Oliver is. Oliver Luck, of course, the also, dad. also the father of current Colts quarterback, Andrew Luck. Informer. And he's a former quarterback himself. Of? Uh, the Oilers. Exactly. Yeah. There you he's go. Former, he's no Oilers quarterback. That's but right. um, he was a... Got his law degree at UT. Coincidentally, he was also the commissioner of the Houston Dynamo. Oh, he was. <laughs> okay. That's why he's talking to our friend Glenn there Davis over in Houston today about this new venture. But I'm really yeah. not sure. I mean, obviously, as hardcore sports fans, we know who he is. Yeah. What does this do for the league, though? I, Does it give him Oliver a steady Luck, hand or what? Oliver Luck has a gr- is a good mind in football. Um, he knows what he's doing. Like I said, he 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 helped West Virginia transition when they moved into the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. So he's he's got a lot of knowledge and a lot of cachet, especially in the in the football world. So yeah, I mean this is a good. This is a good hire, so uh, we'll see. What, I mean, of course, they don't watch until 2020, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Do you want an Austin team to come? I don't Would know. Would you go see it if it came to Austin? Sure, sure, I'll go Should see it. Should we start the bandwagon now, XFL 2020? We can make we, it happen. We could be the we could be the com- we could be play-by-play in color. <laughs> if they would let us, that would be awesome. Sure. I'd be down. Sure, why not? Uh, Impact Wrestling is finally, finally merging the Grand Championship into the World Championship. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. So no, no more wrestling with rounds. <laughs> no it more was, wrestling with rounds. It was, it, was a, <laughs> it, was a, it was a cute gimmick when it started. Now it's just kind of gotten eh. So they made the announcement. In fact, Austin Aries sent, sent it out on his Twitter, on his Twitter that, they were mer- that they are going to fold the Grand Championship into the Impact Wrestling World Championship. That makes the most sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it does. It does. Now, do we see them bringing in a new secondary title? That'll be the question. They've had they've had limited success with whether it was the the um uh their what was it the Legends Championship, which then became the TV Championship, which then became the King of the Mountain Championship. So you basically kept better track of this than I ever have because yeah. I mean it was just all over the place and it I was, see what they were that, trying to do. Yeah, you know it was a secondary championship, but you need to have a really strong mid card to be able to you do, do that. And that's I think I think for now they need to wait. Um, everything they're doing right now is I think they're on the right track. I heard Don Callis on with our good friend Dave Lagreca uh, on Busted Open. And talking about what they're doing and, and some of the stuff they're doing. They just finished TV tapings in 
in Canada, and I can't remember exactly what city. Um, but there, this is. I think they need to get a year or so under them of steady, uh, steady content, steady output, and then maybe think about a secondary title. Although I'm not sure they need it. You know, well, it's yeah, they've got the they've got the X division title still. Um, you know, so I'm not sure they need a secondary title, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, I always saw that X division as your secondary title, honestly. Right. And yeah. it, my question is, I mean, Austin Aries is this the guy that you really want holding your title going forward? I mean, he's a great wrestler, but he's a little up there in age. And I mean, how long can you keep the top belt on him? At this point, I think time will tell. It depends on who they bring into the company. Well, I mean, they lost a lot of people within the last year. I know there's a yeah. lot of you know there's a lot but of they've got guys out coming there. in. You know, they've got. But is it going to be fast coming. enough? Well, and that's the thing. They've got you know they've got a they've got a pay per view coming up uh, in I think mid July Slammiversary. Yeah, I know John uh, Johnny Impact, aka Johnny Mundo, aka John Morrison, will be on that card. By the way, they had their wedding. Yeah, congratulations. Saw some saw some pictures. Fantastic. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I, I think they're going to keep it on Austin Aries just because right now he's kind of got the, he's got a little bit of the shine right now in Impact Wrestling. So might as well keep it on but there. But don't you until, still kind of feel it's kind of like the problem that they had by taking a retread of a guy that was with the WWE? And not necessarily it, because he was with Impact before. I know, I know, but it's and just he was like, with Ring of Honor before that. I know that, but it was just like okay, so, so this, I mean, he leaves WWE <laughs> television and now he's your champion. Yeah, I mean that's 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 odd, but again, it's kind of like just it's so, not like it's not like Christian Cage coming in after leaving, you know, as the what was he the WWE ECW champion? It's not like Kurt Angle coming in. Austin Aries has a track record with Impact Wrestling before, and I think that's what makes the difference. He is a name that is known to, you know, Impact Wrestling I and prior would, to that TNA fans. I was going to say, I guess you would call him a TNA guy. It's hard to call him that because he I, he was in Ring of Honor before he was. In I know TNA. that's that's why I'm just kind of like it's and he's flirted with Ring of Honor a little bit. You know, he's had the had kind of the the. Deal I, with Silas Young over the I, Ring I know, of Honor TV title. I know. That's what my issue is here, Stu. It's like, how many... I, I Look, I'm glad everybody's getting work, but when are these shows going to become different than each other? I understand. I understand. Like, we see all the same people on all these shows, and it's like, well, who's contracted to who now? And I'm glad that, you know, they're, that people are making money, but storyline-wise, it's just very confusing. And yeah. it's like, who's... A, it's like asking, who belongs to who? It's kind of like, is Cody an ROH guy? Is he a New Japan guy? He's well, both, technically, right? Or is uh, he his no, own guy? He's, no, he's, he's ROH. Is Aries an Impact guy? Is he an ROH guy? That's, see, that's, that's a question. Morrison, that's, that's is he a, an Impact guy? Is he that, an ROH guy? He's, or is he a Lucha Underground yeah. guy? Yeah, I get that. Penta, is you he know, an MLW guy? Is but, he, uh, like, see? You know what, though? If, if that means we get to see guys go across brands, I'm okay with that. But Why? They should all, all, it should be, if it's going to be like the territory days in this sense, when it comes to various opportunities to watch wrestling, mm -hmm. then it's okay if there's some overlap six months later. But right now we're seeing overlap week by week. That's the issue I'm having. And that's why I, I, I hesitate to compare it to the territory days 
there are there are promotions. Yeah. But I don't think we're there's not the exclusivity that there was back in the territory days. Plus, you gotta remember the territory days, you had guys working different territories. It was just you didn't have cable TV, YouTube, Twitch, the various streaming platforms at that time. I, I get so, that. So like, you know, but why should I have to see the same match on Major League Wrestling that I probably just saw on Impact that same week? Because the same guys are competing in the now same that, match. That I that I would that I would kind of that, agree with. That's you. the issue yeah. I'm having. Yeah. I don't have problems with. We're, we're friends with a lot of those guys. I want them to see them do well, and yeah. the broadcasters and everybody, because and the production people, because that means that there's jobs and people are making money. Right. But I still see that there's a lot of other talent out there that these shows can bring on and try to really nurse these people along so they can create their own stars. Yeah. And that way, the business as a whole, you don't you don't have to be just like one independent worker and be like, okay, I'm going to go work at Impact and I'll just do like the little rounds at MLW. No, you know that you're going to go to Impact and that's where you're going to be. I f- and you're going to go I to Major f- League Wrestling because now they can support you. They have enough money that where you don't have to go anywhere else. Like that's right. the point I want to get at. So where you know when you find this company, just like when back you- in the territory days, like if you could work at World Class and it was big enough to pay you and you didn't have to go anywhere else until you felt the need to leave, then perfect. Right. Right. And that's how I feel. That although these- even then, Mid South and World Class traded talent. But that's a trade. But it wasn't the same week, Stu. And you didn't uh, actually, see this. It was, it was usually like within the same month. That's fine. It was, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, say, Iceman King Parsons, who was working for Fritz, yeah. would sometimes go, you know, pay a visit to Bill Watts. Yes, but we just and went over this. You're not seeing that same match on the same week at the, on two different promotions. And JYD, same th- actually, yeah, you can well, not the same week, but it was pretty, pretty close to each other. I'm just I saying mean, there that, were times I would see JYD on both Mid-South Wrestling and World-Class Wrestling. Yeah, but if you're going to tell me, if I ask you, what was JYD? Was he a Mid-South guy? Oh, he was Mid-South Okay, guy. see, yeah. question solved. Yeah. Question's already answered. But you can't tell me about that with all these other wrestlers that I just finished True. naming. And True. that's the issue I'm yeah. having. So I'm hoping to get, get some clarification yeah. get later on as we continue to progress through this new world and I of think professional wrestling. I think that's what it is. I think we are – this is so new right now. The, the, the atmosphere is so new and fresh. I don't, I don't know that anybody knows really how to navigate it just yet, but they're going to figure it out. And, mm. I, and, I, and again, I think, you know, I think it'll be great for – the wrestlers, the broadcasters, production, and, you know, most importantly, the fans. Well, it's because for as many issues that there are with the WWE, the one thing that you can't take away from them is the fact that they have always been able to evolve and they've always been able to produce their own stars. Even if they've taken them from somewhere else, they've been able to put their own label on them. That's true. And I have not seen any other of the companies, except for maybe ROH, be able to do that. Yeah, I agree. I, I can see that. Um... So anyway, uh, before we before we take a quick break, he's talking about MLW. They've got a TV taping coming up on Thursday in Orlando. Uh, they've got Shane Strickland taking on Brody King. You got St- Sammy Callahan taking on MVP in a boiler room brawl. That'll be interesting. In a, I guess, in a partial preview. <laughs> here's what you were talking about: a yep. partial preview of a match. We're going to see an Inspire Pro on July 1. MJF is facing Joey Janela. And, of course, we'll see those two in a match with ACH for the Pure Prestige Championship I was going to say that's a at Inspire dance. on July 1st at AFS Cinema. 
we will also see a triple threat to crown new MLW Tag Team Champions. It will be Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, the Lucha Brothers, taking on Jason Cade and Jimmy Yuta, taking on the Dirty Blondes. And if you, if you heard our broadcast from the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, you know we had the Dirty Blondes on and talked, for the, talked to them quite a bit about working with Colonel Robert Parker and their development and being kind of an old school. Well, of course, uh, we, we also asked them about this match coming up and you know they seemed they seemed pretty confident. Yeah, um, I mean we've already beaten Caden Yuta so many times we've <laughs> lost count. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. We already kicked their ass once. Um, I mean, I guess Pentagon <laughs> and Phoenix are kind of a challenge, but you know, as long as we go out there and do what we do best, and that's just wrestle and fight. Yeah. You know, I think we'll be all right, man. I think you will. Yeah. I, I, I gotta admit, you're you're my pick. And, you know, I'm not just saying it because you're here. I was oh, I'm actually you. like I was like, yeah, I think. I think those belts would look pretty good around the blondes. So. I feel like you can do all the fancy moves in the world, but at the end of the day, a, a nice solid punch to the mouth <laughs> pretty much gets the job done. And they're still my pick. I still, I still say they're going to come out as the new champions. Well, we saw them two years earlier at the first Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. We and did. like they stood out. We were like, hey, who's this new team? They're like from Florida. Uh, a little old school, and then man, just to see him the last time live, it was just like not to say they weren't good the first time, but night and day, and the, just the amount of improvement. They are really a cohesive team. So if you haven't seen the Dirty Blondes yet, uh, they they kind of remind me of the revival. I know they won't enjoy that too much, but there's something different about them. They really they do are. have that old school. Uh, was it Dirty Dick Murdoch and uh, mm-hmm. and who was his partner? Uh, one of the many partners he had. Uh, oh, good lord! Uh, there's Dusty Rhodes. There's um, they kind of look like Dick Slater. Yeah, yeah, they kind of look like Dusty and Murdoch. Honestly, yeah. just a little bit. I yeah, guess maybe bit. that Florida vibe and that blonde hair. But actually, I think I'd probably compare more to Murdoch and Slater. Oh, there you go. Slater had kind of longer hair, so I could see that. Yeah, but they just have that that vibe. But they just click so well in the ring, and they it, do. And it they really, do. it'd and be really cool to see him win. Having Colonel Parker in their corner, hey, that's not a bad thing. You know, he's he's building a stable there. So, uh, anyway, that's MLW this Thursday night in Orlando, TV tapings. Of course, you'll see what happens throughout the weeks on MLW Fusion on BN Sports Friday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. So, uh, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we will let you know what's happening in independent wrestling around the area. You're listening to Sports Guys Talking Wrestling on the Cheap Pops Podcast Network. One of our great partners in the Cheap Pops Podcast Network is Stick to the Gimmick with Spencer and Martin as they take a look at everything happening with the yellow brand, otherwise known in NXT. This week, they focus on the rivalry between Velveteen Dream and Ricochet. I'm sure they were marveled at that flip that Ricochet did at the end of this past week's NXT. Uh, But check them out. You can hear them. That's Spencer and Martin with Stick to the Gimmick, the NXT podcast. You can find it as part of the Cheap Pops Podcast Network on blogtalkradio.com. This is the world's sweetest man, Gentleman Jervis, and you're listening to Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. It's been a long time since we've seen Gentleman Jervis. I hope we get to see him again soon. 
Uh, always love to see him with his smile and his hugs. Sports guys talking wrestling on the horn, 1049 AM, 1260. Stu Myrick, Justin, Smash Simmons. We're coming up on the weekend. It is the second weekend in June. So, of course, we got to know what's happening in independent wrestling this, this weekend. We will start Friday night, DFW All-Pro Wrestling Academy. They have what they call Rhythm and Bruised. It'll be Friday night at American Legion Post 655 in Halton City. Bell time, 7.30 p.m. Among the people that will be there, former NWA World Women's Champion Jazz. Mm -hmm. And someone we haven't seen around these parts in a while, the best ever, Sammy Guevara. He's been rather busy. (laughs) He has been rather busy. So uh, get, get a chance. Get up to Dallas Friday night. DFW All Pro Wrestling, Rhythm and Bruise, Friday night in Halton City. Saturday, SOAR Championship Wrestling will be at the Pro Touch Indoor Soccer Arena in Dallas. Bell time is 8 p.m. The main, the main event will be Jerome Daniels defending the SOAR Heavyweight Championship against the unholy one, Gregory James. I was able to catch up with Jerome Daniels uh, earlier today, and he had... He is a lot of respect for his opponent. He's never a fish out of water. You put him in there with a big guy, um, he's he can get in there and go with him. You put him in there with a technical guy, he's got counters, and he's he's known as a high flyer. So Greg is is somebody that you can know and wrestle a thousand times, and he's still an unknown variable. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm going to have to be on my toes with Greg, and I will be because I just – the way things are going right now, man – Everybody's so hungry, so I have to make sure that I stay hungry to uh, keep my momentum going. And Greg is trying to start his momentum. So uh, it's going to be taxing on the both of us, but the fans are going to be the ones that get the treat. And um, I have no doubt that uh, if you ask Greg the same question, uh, he, he'll tell you, he'll give you the same answer. Uh, Greg's going to bring his best. So I will follow in kind because if I don't, I'll lose. Whoever makes the, the whoever makes the first mistake in this match is going to be the guy that loses. So that's Sword Championship Wrestling Saturday night in Dallas, bell time, 8 p.m. Heroes of Wrestling on Sunday presents Stampede at Southern Junction Nightclub in Roy City, bell time, 6 p.m. Moonshine Mantel will be there, as well as Bam Bam Malone and the Arrow Club. Heroes of Wrestling Sunday in Roy City. And then, and also on Sunday, Branded Outlaw Wrestling presents Just Bring It at Quartermain Pub in Live Oak, right outside San Antonio. Uh, bell time, 7 p.m. The BOW champion, Massive, will be there. Ricky Reyes, Masada, The Horde, and Baby D, all a part of Just Bring It from Branded Outlaw Wrestling. That's this Sunday at Quartermain Pub in Live Oak. Yeah, if you're sitting in the front three rows, you might want to take a like a poncho, so all that blood doesn't get stain your clothes from Masada. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> when saying. Masada shows up, there's going to be some violence, probably a little bloodshed. A little. There's going to be like scary stuff. Well, there'll in somebody's be yeah, head. some someone you'll call, you'll be able to call somebody porcupine head by Glad the end of the mine. night. Yeah, so that it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, Justin Simmons, the throw in Sunday morning, nine a.m. on the horn. 
yeah, sad to miss last week, but this week we'll be live out at Coda. So uh, that's right, you got your big uh, event out yeah. of Circuit of the Americas. You know, so everybody's welcome to come out. It's a free event. Uh, uh, they will have the concessions open. Proceeds going to the Austin Soccer Foundation. Um, they're a fantastic organization. So our charity pickup match. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be a live show at nine a.m. Right after our show's over, the game will begin. There you so go. right out at Coda this Sunday, June tenth. You can see all of Justin's soccer skills. <laughs> you can go against me one-on-one, see if you can bring it. I'm, I like I'm not it. bad. I'm not bad, but I just did get six. I'm hoping that I'll, I'll have it all ready again for Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for this week's Sportscast Talking Wrestling. Make sure you follow Justin the Smash Simmons on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at the Smash Simmons. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Stu Myrick. That's S-T-E-W-M-Y-R-I-C-K. You can follow the show on Twitter at SGTWATX. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. We're proud to be the official broadcast partner of the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Proud to be part of the Cheap Pop Podcast Network on Blog Talk Radio. And we're proud to be part of the great lineup that you hear every day. On the flagship station for the Texas Longhorns, we are the Horn 1049 AM 1260. By the way, you can catch the Longhorns and Tennessee Tech in the Super Regional this weekend on the Horn with Craig Way on the call. You can catch us every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central on the Horn, or you can catch us anytime on demand by going to our page on hornfm.com or by going to your favorite podcast platform. Our thanks to Jerry the King Lawler and Kevin Kelly for joining us, and our thanks to you for giving us a little bit of your time. Until next time, we will see you at the matches. Goodbye.